Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Second hour of Oilers now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can uh, reach us at any time on a River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. That is our, that's our call-in line, and you can text us on our Ashley Five Floors text line, same number, 780 780- Four nine six zero zero six three. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over thirty five years. In this hour, former uh, NHL, shall we say, how would we uh, energy forward? L May, longtime NHL broadcaster, and we'll also hook up with Keith Gretzky, the Oilers assistant general manager. This is Oilers now. We head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. Al May joins us right now from Washington. Al, can you uh, confirm or deny the fact that not one but both of the, the two major U.S. political parties actually asked you to run in the election? I have to say, I'm not 100% deny that, and uh, thank God I wouldn't want to be associated with either of them. <laughs> it's a pretty big story down there right now, isn't it? Oh, you can't you can't do anything. You can't think. It's it's absolutely insane. It's 24 hours of coverage every day on every channel, and uh, I try to avoid it all because there's so much misinformation, disinformation, and lies out there that it just drives you absolutely crazy. What's a what's a bigger deal right now? now? Are you in Texas currently, or are you in uh, Washington right now? I'm in Washington right now. You're in Washington right now. So, uh, what's what, what's a bigger story right now in the in the states? The U.S. election or the return of college football in the Big Ten? Over the it's weekend, one hundred one hundred percent the U.S. election. It's U.S. election. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, most people don't even know uh, that the Big Ten's coming back, and it's, yeah. it's just. It's all about the election right now and uh, all the animosity uh, between the people in this country and the politicians. So it's just uh, I'll be glad when it's over. I'm going to make sure I'm not in D.C. when it happens, because if if the guy wins, that's currently the president. I'm sure that uh, the same people that tried to burn the city down before are going to be trying to burn it down again. What happens if the other guy wins? Uh, I don't think it'll be the same type of thing. It'll be if, if he wins, it'll. You know, I'm, I'm sure they'll be out there marching and happy and hooting and hollering, and they won't pay attention to COVID, just like always. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's right now it's a very hypocritical country with everything that's going on. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there's a, a theorist uh, that I follow who's a pretty brilliant guy, Harvard-educated, uh, Eric uh, uh, Weinstein, and he is – a big civil liberties guy, a true, he'd be called a libertarian. So he has real concerns about how far either of the two sides would push to get the point across. And here's the reality of the situation, Al. You and me are privileged to work in the hockey business. We're not working until, I mean, I'm going to do the show every day for the next two months, and I love doing it. We're going to talk about lots of different things. But the reality is 
the the election theoretically could play a factor in when we return to play. Absolutely. Well, you know, really right now what's going on, it's the governors in the states and the mayors and cities that are determining, you know, who can go to work, who can go to a restaurant, what can happen. I know in D.C. right now, uh, it's the mayor that's preventing any gathering. So there's, you know, there will be no people in the arena in Edmonton, in, in Washington. And uh, so there will be no hockey with, with people in the building. I don't know what, what constitutes a gathering of over 50 or whatever it is. I think L.A. is the same. So right now at that level, uh, you're not going to be having hockey in, in the 2020 year. And yeah. no one's saying that that's going to happen. But once the election's over, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what's real and what isn't. And, you know, the political parties in power, what they decide to do. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly uh, political uh, football to say the least. Uh, let me uh, ask you this because you, you you know you know many of the players well. Do you have empathy for the position? That, and, and we say this: there's lots of people out there listening to this show right now. Like, you, I mean, you're from here, so you know how heavily Alberta's economy has been hit. Um, a lot of private sector jobs have been outright eliminated. Uh, public sector people are fighting for uh, their 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 position in life, and there's something going on every day on that front on a daily basis. Uh, it, it seems like sides are being pitted one one against another instead of working together. I don't want to make light of the unique challenges that everybody's got out there, but the fact of the matter is what the players went through to complete this past season – we know the players don't want to replicate that for a return to play next year for a longer regular season, do they? It can't be the same way, can it? No, they, they, I don't think it can happen either. It's, uh, I think it's mentally taxing, and I don't care what they make, uh, really. And, you know, I felt bad years ago when the, when the Players Association forced us to go on strike. Uh, and it was the first work stop the NHL had had, I believe, and it was back in the early, early 90s. And I felt bad, especially because I was thinking, you know, what was going on with the oil economy in western canada and you know oil oil wasn't being drilled there were hardly any rigs uh you know poking holes in the ground and i just felt really bad i felt guilty i felt horrible and but that being said i wanted to be an ice hockey player growing up it it, you know we didn't realize how little they were paid uh at the time and (laughs) you know now it's it's an ungodly amount of money but at the same time uh, it is your profession. You no, know, it's it's like getting the lottery when you do make it. You've worked hard to get there, uh, and when people, you know, they they when they hate on the athletes for how much they get paid, well, you know what? I don't think that the people that are hating on, that, I don't think they would turn that money away. But getting back to that, with the players that are, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to adjust their training schedule and get ready. I know that back in '94, '95, whatever it was, when we had that, the first half season lockout. Uh, I had a really hard time with it because I went into training camp my best shape ever with the best player on the stars in training camp. And, you know, once it came came out, we were stopping and starting your training. Yeah. And, you you know, you just get, you know, for what we're dealing with, you just kind of went through like a, I don't know if a depression is the right word, but you just, you'd be on top of the world one day thinking you're going back to work and do what you love. And, you know, the career doesn't last that long. And then all of a sudden you get a flat out, no, it doesn't sound like we're going to play. And then you get... You just like you lost, you know, you were working out for a reason. You had a target date. So you have all that. And then going back to now, which they did, and I thought, you know, kudos to everyone. Is there, you know, I don't think there's anyone that's really picked anything apart with what the, the league and the players did, but they came together to play the games. No one got COVID uh, inside, employees, you name it. They didn't have one positive test. And right. I thought they did a great job. But, but I know that being locked in a hotel room, 
And I think the players in Edmonton had it tougher than the guys in Toronto because in Toronto they had a lot more space. Right. They weren't just kind of locked into the hotel. And, you know, I grew up in Edmonton. I, you know, I wish they could have got out and seen the city and, and been able to do different things uh, on a more regular basis. But it is hard to be locked up like that. You think of the people right now that, you know, are getting tired just of staying in their house and going to the grocery store. And But could you, I couldn't imagine doing that again, uh, especially during the cold weather months. To yeah. go through a full a full time full season lockdown and, and I you know there is a lot of talk about there being mini bubbles and you know going into one city for a week or two at a time then going home for a week and then going to another city and playing your game so there's got to be there's a lot of details there's a lot of things that can happen the election included uh, the, the health and welfare of society in general so all of those things play a, a factor in it but the the biggest I do believe the games will be played. Uh, I did say about a month ago, I think I was on here, that was the first time I thought of, well, maybe we don't play until next October. But I, I think everyone's trying to get, everyone wants to get back to their normal lives and and, and get back to working. And, and people don't want to be home. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a pro athlete or a person working at a grocery store. You want to get back to your normal life. And, you know, we don't want people to lose their lives in the process. And, you know, this is just, it, it's a different version of a flu. And people, a lot of people have died. And I don't think you'll ever be able to contain it. It's going to have to be about vaccines and, and, and other ways uh, uh, and, and knowing how to deal with it when you are diagnosed positively, the testing and everything. So it's going to be a completely different uh, season when we do start. And uh, I think it's going to end up being fans in the building at some point, but I don't think it's going to be all season without fans. Yeah, I, well, I think, you know, for the owners, there has to be fans. Because there's, there's just, not, like, people say, well, how come basketball can say they're going to start on Christmas Day? Well, because of the amount of money their TV revenue brings in. The NHL simply doesn't bring in that type of revenue. Let's talk a bit about the Washington Capitals, a powerhouse team. They're always going for it. Uh, first of all, they made the big coaching change. Laviolette in there as a head coach. The guys had strong system play. And the other thing that he's done, Al, and he's he's had good – the his first year or two that he's with teams, those are really good seasons. And then there's a drop-off in time. Give, now that you've had some time to think about Laviolette's hiring as a head coach, your thoughts? Well, I, I'm actually happy. I thought it could have only been one of two guys. It had to be either him or Mike Babcock, guys who are strong systematically that are definitely the bosses that, that run their dressing rooms, that do a great job of creating a culture and demanding a culture a certain way. And I know Babcock's been beat off a lot, but he wasn't the – the, the gossip capital of the National Hockey League in Toronto. And there's a, a, too many Chiefs in that area. And, you know, it just wasn't a great fit for him. But Laviolette, on the other hand of it, on the other side of it, has been to the finals with the Hurricanes. He's won a cup uh, with the Flyers, lost to Chicago, with Nashville, lost to Pittsburgh, and does a great job when he first goes in there. When you think of it, you're trying to get the most of, that you can out of Ovechkin. Backstrom, John Carlson, now that they're in their 30s and they've only got so many great years left. So, you know, if you, if you can get the team into the finals in the, you know, the first few years of this contract, that's exactly what he was hired to do. And they do have good parts. The team is a little long in the tooth, though. Uh, but at the same time, veterans, they adapt the systems a little bit more than the younger players. But you're going to have to play the game fast. You're going to have to play the game with grit. You're going to have to have a system in all three areas of the ice. And I think that Peter Laviolette has that. And, you know, one of the things that I was critical of, you know, him in Nashville for a little while was I thought the team had brought in a lot of slower players and they continued to try to play a fast game and they didn't adapt. So I think that's one of the things here is he knows his team can play physical when pushed, 
Uh, they can play defensive when pushed, and they can play a speed game. But I think that you have to have a hybrid of that where it's a three-zone game and that you make sure that your, your play without the puck has, has to be impeccable. Your, your special teams has to be excellent. But the big thing, five and five, I think there has to be an offensive plan that's grittier than that, what we witnessed the last two years. You can't just depend on Ovechkin all the time to score all the goals. And you've got to crash the net. You've got to score ugly. And they had none of that. And I, one of the things with a lot of these teams is they do shoot the puck. They do get bodies to the net. So there's a, there's a lot that he has going for him with the roster that he, you know, that McClellan's created here for him. Uh, and, and I think the team is better than where it was when it left, when the season ended with, with the roster pickups that they've had so far. And I'm sure there'll be a few more. But right now I like the defensemen a lot more than I did. The goaltending tandem, I, I guess it's a push with Holtby and Lundqvist. And I, I think the Lundqvist signing, I absolutely love it. After despising the guy for so many years with the Rangers, I actually love that he's here because it brings another guy that's accomplished a lot, minus the Stanley Cup in his National Hockey League career, that is a great person inside the room that will be a great mentor, not just for Ilya Samsonov, but for everyone on this team. And it'd be no different than if Ovechkin went to the New York Rangers. That's a huge upgrade in your leadership. So. I just think that there's a lot of things to like about this team now. There's other teams that have done more that I still like a little bit more. But you know what? I think having a coaching staff that the players can look at and believe in really helps. Uh, your thoughts on Justin Schultz, a two-year deal at $4 million per going to Washington? Well, he was on my list of right-handed defensemen to come here. And when I looked at it, he wasn't at the top of the list. But at the same time, uh, Peter Laviolette likes to get the puck up the ice with direct passes. He doesn't like doing the stretch passes to a stationary player. He doesn't like the D-to-D hinge all the time. And you you can tell me I'm wrong, but I think Justin Schultz is a guy that can get the puck up the ice where he needs help. And, and you know, this is where Kevin McCarthy is going to come in big time right now is that inside the defensive zone so he doesn't look like a cat in an intersection and uh, when he doesn't have the puck. So I, I think – you know, offensively, he's going to help this team. He definitely will slot in as the second defenseman uh, on the right side. And I think it's an upgrade over where Nick Jensen was last year and Radko Gudis. And, you know, Jensen had a had a very tough season, not very confident with the puck, not doesn't play with a lot of confidence. And I think coming in here with the players that the Caps have and the coaching staff, I think it should be an easier transition for Justin Schultz. So I do like it in that regard. I think he will fit in very well with Dmitry Orlov, but once again, you've got to learn new systems, get acclimated to the players, and one thing I can tell you is Justin Schultz has had a lot of good games at Capital One Arena, and he's had a lot of great games against the Capitals, and you know those two Stanley Cup runs that he was there for, uh, he, he was a big part of it, so hopefully he can have a Stanley Cup run, you know, a, a few of them while he's here. Did Orlov play a bit on the right side? I'm just trying to recall. I know he's a left shot, but did he not spend a fair amount of time early in his career on the right side? Yeah, and he was awful at it. And it just, you know, he, he's very good. At, he, he's good at the puck on that side, and he always says he favors it. But you know, from the amount of games I've watched, the, the reality of what he thinks and what I've seen are completely different. And I believe 100% he's a left side defenseman only. He cannot turn to his right very effectively. He's kind of uh, he's a thick guy. He, he he's got a, a massive physique on him, and I just don't think that it's in his skating ability to transition from backwards to forwards turning to his right side. That transition mohawk turn, whatever you want to call it, right. it's not a strength of his. And I think he gets caught leaning too many times. So last year in the playoffs when they did it, it, it was a disaster in the past. 
when they've done it. I can think back to the year they won the cup. They lost the second game to uh, in the playoffs. Uh, they were down 0-2, and he got Columbus. Yep. On, yeah. on the right side by uh, Artemi Panarin. And it was just, you know, a highlight of the fact. You can't have him on that side of the ice. Keep him on the left. Play him to his strengths. Don't put him at a disadvantage. And I thought Reardon had put him at a disadvantage in the playoffs last year. You know, the amount of games that he put him on that offside, it, it just doesn't work. He gets flat-footed. But, you know, the big thing, keep him on the left side, keep Schultz on the right, and see how they go and see if they can uh, find some great chemistry right off the bat. All right. Uh, great stuff, Al. Always appreciate you joining us here on Letters Now, okay? Yep, take care. Thanks for having me, Bob. You betcha. Uh, that is Alan May with uh, his thoughts on the unique situation. Uh, that is uh, all things Washington right now. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, the Caps got a good team. No question about it. They're probably going to be adding a forward at some point. We'll get to a couple texts and uh, some sad news from the Canadian Football League as well to tell you about when we come back in orders now. <laughs> is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Brent Ridge Ford, Ellen Wetaskiwin. They had a strong summer. I was talking to Uncle Milt. He was telling me their used vehicle inventory that usually runs about 50 to 70 units is down to about 10. He needs trades. And not only will the Ford Motor Company give you a trade-in bonus for up to $2,500 for a 2016 model or older, but Brent Ridge will pay top dollar for any trade just to restock the proverbial shelves. Go see Uncle Milt Rich, Johnny and the Gang. They've even got a couple Flames fans out there at Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Well, Brennan, I don't know what kind of uh, uh, work you've done on the old injury front, but we're going to get to it for James H. Brown, uh, injury lawyers. Trent Brown, of course, was an all-star for the EE football team. He's also an all-star for the Alberta Golden Bears back in the day, uh, safety in the CFL, a corner in the, uh, what was then the CIAU. Uh, Jim Brown, Trent Brown, uh, when accidents happen, go see jameshbrown.com, and all season long they provide an injury report for us. Pretty quiet these days in hockey circles, isn't it? Yeah, suffice to say, I mean, what we're really seeing now is guys that are retiring from injuries, as we talked about Martin Hansel earlier, and now just coming across the wire, Trevor Daly uh, has retired from hockey and will accept a hockey ops advisory role with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So there you go. There you go. All right. Uh, do want to mention the BC football, BC Lions football club is uh, just tweeted out uh, that their owner, David Braley uh, passed away this morning at his home in Burlington, uh, Ontario. I believe David Braley was 79 years of age. At one time, does he still have, like, uh, he, I, did he not have the BC Lions and the Toronto Argos at one stage? I'm pretty sure for a number of years he had, he had obviously was a huge power broker in the Canadian uh, Football League. Rick Lawlisher, who's, of course, from Edmonton as the president of the BC Lions Football Club, and... Uh, Oh, he was the owner of the Hamilton Ticats from 1989 to 1990, the Toronto Argos from 2010 to 2015. Braley served as an interim commissioner of the CFL and chair of its board of governors. He was one of the most powerful men in the CFL, which, dare I say, uh, uh, and I know the coach's show is on tonight, 
uh, with Morley Scott as part of Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Uh, they got to find a way to stay relevant here, and it's going to be challenging because they're not playing. And well, they've already got a scenario where the younger demographic is moved certainly towards the NFL. I mean, part of it's just fantasy football. I would hazard a guess right now that uh, there are probably 70% of the listeners that have got a fantasy football team. How many do you have, Brendan? Four. I want to say I've got a capped at four. And those are all dynasties, by the way. I don't even bother with redrafts at this point. Oh, look at you. eh? Now you're old school. Uh, What's the longest you've been in one four? I'm working on seven years now with one team. Okay. Uh, The fantasy football, some of you would remember this magazine. It was called Edmonton Sports Scene. And so I've been in the sports scene uh, football pool since 1995. I actually met the guys Labor Day 1995 and then jumped in the pool uh, and have not had a championship since 2000. I won in... Uh, about four in the late 90s, early 2000s. It's been a number. I don't think I've won one in the last six or seven years. So I'm four and three. What are you right now, Brendan? How are you doing in your four combined? Are you over 500 combined between the four teams? Uh, I, I would have to do a quick tally. Yes, I think if you were to spread it across the board. But I took a beating this week. I think I went over on all of them. Yeah. So well, far, that, 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 but you know what it does is it gives you a reason to watch, right? Like I'm sitting there last night and I had Tyler Lockett going from Seattle and I probably might have tuned that game off. At ha- it turned out to be a heck of a game uh, between the cards. And Kyler Murray obviously is a pretty special athlete, a guy that uh, could have been a star in baseball as well. And Russell Wilson's a wonderful story. And But there is relevance with the NFL for people under the age of 40. And for many of us that are, say, over the age of 45, we grew up loving the CFL, but the CFL is going to be fighting for ink long term. I don't think there is any. And, you know, look, 630 Chad's the right holder for the Edmonton Oilers. They're the right holder for the EE football team. But I think many of you would probably go, fire away. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Are you more of an NFL fan than a CFL fan? And are you worried about the CFL? I mean, this show's called Oilers now. The Oilers are going to drive it in Edmonton. That's just a given. We love hockey and we're gifted. You know, we're gifted. We've got two of the five best players in the world on this team. And, and hopefully the Oilers will be able to continue to grow with the organization. But when it comes to football, do you have the same passion for the CFL that you used to have? We'll get to that. We'll get to some text a little bit later on. Keith Gretzky coming up to talk to us a bit about the Bakersfield Condors, some of the Oilers support players. Out of a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.